Locked On Cougars, and this is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of the podcast. Hope your guys' week is going well. We are halfway to the weekend, and thanks again for joining us to talk BYU sports, in particular BYU football. A lot to cover on today's edition of the podcast. Our fall camp insider makes his first appearance of the season. He weighs in on the first week of camp for BYU. Some of the observations he's had as he's been out of practice. You also hear from BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos. I spoke with him one-on-one earlier this week to talk about BYU's offensive line and get some of his thoughts on what that position group is looking like early on in camp. And of course, we'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports as well as getting to our church and state player countdown series as we profile number 22, Ammon Hanneman, just 22 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season. So a lot to cover on today's edition of the podcast. We are brought to you today by our good friends at the Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On NFL Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Networks. We'll tell you about them here in a little bit. And with that, let's get going. This is the Locked On Cougars Podcast for August 7th, 2019. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday hump day edition of Locked On Cougars. Today, we're going to start off with our fall camp insider, a guy that I have talked to for years now, a guy who observes the majority of BYU practices, fills me in from time to time on certain things he's noticing coming out of BYU fall camp. And with BYU, and I, this is not, okay, let me, let's up front here. BYU is allowing the media to watch the last 15 to 20 minutes of practice roughly every day and mainly for the first three sessions that we've been at there won't be a session today because it'll be the team uh, photo day so there will be no practice observation today there won't be practice observation until actually next week as BYU will have media observation won't have media observation for this Saturday scrimmage when there will be media availability just be speaking after the scrimmage but uh, looking at it this guy goes to these practices he talks about talks to me about what he's observing from BYU and kind of gives me kind of his thoughts on things and with the media portion of practice with Utah having closed down everything I expect that Kalani Satake is going to keep everything that the media sees late in practices very vanilla. We saw Joe Critchlow star on Monday in 7-on-7 drills. The time before that, it was punting practice. The time before that, we saw a couple of drills of 7-on-7, and then they went to team individual groups. So, I expect that BYU, in terms of the team portions of practice when the media is there, is going to be very vanilla, not going to give anything away to the University of Utah, as they shouldn't, because the University of Utah has completely shut down media availability this fall camp, but I'm appreciative that BYU is allowing the media to watch some parts of practice. I, I, let me get that out of the way right now. But talking with uh, a good friend of mine, he is the called, he's our BYU fall camp insider is what we'll call him for the time being. He will also probably weigh in throughout the season as well as he's out at practices a lot. I uh, shared some of his thoughts on what he's seen from BYU through the first week of fall camp. So without further ado, let's break into some of those. We'll start off with the running backs group. And he was talking about the fact that he feels like BYU truly has a three-headed model 
monster at running back. He said amongst the number one running backs and running with the ones, it's Tyson Williams and Lopini Katoa getting the majority of the reps. Split pretty evenly. He felt like 50-50, but he said Emmanuel Asupa, despite being the thunder to the lightning of a Tyson Williams, as you heard Tyson talk about yesterday, I asked him that question. Emmanuel Asupa apparently has shown quite the burst, the ability to really break big runs and has made big plays for BYU in fall camp. So having those three running backs, speaking of Lopini Katoa, Tyson Williams, and Emmanuel Asupa, it sounds like BYU so far through fall camp is pretty set at the running back position. He also added, and I've seen Ben Criddle talk about this as well, that Sione Finau, the former Kearns product, has really emerged as a legitimate option at running back this uh, during this offseason and on into fall camp and has really shown well early on in fall camp. And maybe Sione Finau gets more reps than people expect this coming season. He redshirted a season ago, played on the scout team, but it sounds like if there's a fourth running back right now with the Cougars in terms of the pecking order at running back, it's probably Sione Finau. Another observation coming out of fall camp from our insider is that the wide receivers are quite thin at this point. Uh, Keanu Hill, we talked with Fessy Satake on this podcast after day one. Keanu Hill was one of the impressive guys on day one, but since that time, Keanu Hill has been limited by injury, has not been practicing with the team in terms of team drills. He's been doing some light work on the side, doing some individual work, etc., but has not been with the team since day one. Um, I saw him with ice on his leg on the first day of practice last Wednesday. I wondered how long it would keep him out. Apparently it's lingered for about a week here and here's hoping that he can get on the field because everything I've been told, Fessy Satake made the statement on this podcast that Keanu Hill is a guy who just understands the game. His dad, Lloyd Hill, was a former Texas Tech star drafted in the NFL. His uncle is Rory Williams. He comes from great football bloodlines and despite having played in a triple option system most of his high school career, it appears that Keanu Hill has got all of the ability to really make an impact as a freshman for BYU and they need it. Uh, Talking with our insider, he feels like the BYU wide receiving core maybe goes four or five guys deep. He said the loss of Neil Pau was a tough deal because they were expecting him to kind of be a more big-bodied receiver but if a guy like Keanu Hill and Talon Shumway can really step up and uh, be difference makers on that kind of that interior uh, side of the like on the interior in terms of being the bigger bodied receivers who maybe not have the speed to go over the top and really take the top off the defense but run precise crisp routes and can have just reliable hands that really could help BYU he added that Luke Andrada really looks in over his head right now uh, Fessy Satake kind of alluded to that when we talked to him after the first day of fall camp that Luke he's never played this position he played quarterback in high school he's still making up for lost time learning the position and it sounds like he is still just swimming in the wealth of information that's being kind of heaped upon him early on in fall camp here so uh, we'll see what happens with the wide receiving core but the good news is coming out uh, from our insiders that the tight end group looks every bit the part that BYU fans and myself expected going into fall camp he said guys like Matt Bushman have really shown well early on in camp Hank Tui Pelotu has been dinged up a little bit the last couple of days but showed really well early in camp he had that two of the freshmen on this year's squad that are tight ends, Isaac Rex and Carter Wheat, both sons of former BYU football players, speaking of Byron Rex, the star tight end for BYU uh, 
uh, Isaac Rex, his son, and then Warren Wheat, an offensive lineman for BYU. Carter Wheat, who, by the way, wears that number 99 jersey. I said it was badass. It still is. He said both of those guys, in terms of taking uh, reps away from guys like Hank Tuipilotu being dinged up and Moroni Laulu-Pututau not being out there, they've really impressed early on in fall camp. So he said that with the wide receiving core being a little bit thinner currently, he feels like the ability for these tight ends to step up in those critical spots may make up for some of the lack of depth at the wide receiving core. So that's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Um, One final note uh, from this is in the defensive backfield, BYU thought they'd be very deep at cornerback, and suddenly they are about as thin as I I can remember in in recent history. Uh, All reports indicate that Chris Wilcox is likely to redshirt this year, as is Troy Warner. Uh, They both are dealing with nagging injuries. Wilcox with his lower lower leg injury he suffered late last season. He's undergone multiple surgeries to fix the issues with that. Troy Warner, that Liz Frank injury has just continued to plague him. Some guys just never come back for it, from it. That's the truth of the matter with that injury. Taysom Hill came back from it. Uh, Moroni Laulu-Pututau came back from it. Of course, he had an ACL tear that he's still working his way back from now. But Troy Warner, on the flip side, like Chad Lewis in the NFL, it has just plagued him. So here's hoping that Troy Warner at some point can get back on the field. But uh, Dimitri Gallo still is not participating with BYU at the cornerbacks group. You have Chris Wilcox, one of your projected starters, out. Um, Isaiah Heron and Keenan Ellis are have been limited. They've, uh, I, I, believe, I was told Isaiah Heron was not at practice yesterday, uh, and Keenan Ellis remains a mystery. We're not sure what his status is currently. So two guys that could really contribute not out there. Chris Wilcox not out there, and uh, Dan Gonwoluku has been limited the last couple of days due to a, a just a, a slight injury. He, uh, the insider didn't know what the injury was, but he said that Diane's been limited the last couple of days. So we'll see what happens with Diane over the next couple of days. But if he's healthy, you have Diane Gonwoluku projected as a starter for you alongside D'Angelo Mandel, and that's the good news coming out of this. Is our insider said that D'Angelo Mandel looks every bit the part of a high-level cover corner who should be able to contribute at a high level for BYU. So the good news is is once Diane Gonwoluku is cleared, he's healthy, he's back on the field, and it may just simply be the fact that the coaching staff is just giving him giving him some time off to because he's a senior. They don't want to really wear him down in fall camp. But it appears that Diane Gonwoluku right now and D'Angelo Mandel are your starting cornerbacks. Behind them, though, the depth is very iffy at this point. Uh, guys like Shimon Willis have been spotted at practice participating. George Udo, uh, an incoming freshman, and uh, Javelle Brown, a former former receiver now turned cornerback for BYU. Those two guys are young guys still learning the position. So the depth behind D'Angelo Mandel and Diane Gonwoluku right now, very iffy. So here's hoping that Dimitri Gallo can get cleared, can get on the field in short order. Uh, you have a good run of health with Diane Gonwoluku. Hopefully Isaiah Heron and Keenan Ellis are able to get whatever's been holding them back cleared up and they're back on the field soon. It's very interesting. The cornerbacks group, according to our insider, all of a sudden went from a projected uh, strength to being very, very thin at the current time. But as he stressed, we are still three weeks out from the first game for BYU, so there's plenty of time for guys to really get caught up and get back into action and really get ready for the season. And that is the good news. This isn't Utah's playing this weekend. You still have three weeks plus to get ready for this game, but 
You still want to see a good run here with the cornerbacks, with getting some depth established, etc. So we'll uh, have frequent check-ins from our insider there at BYU Fall Camp, get his thoughts on what's going on at BYU. And it should be an interesting uh, run up to the season here because there are position groups that's really sorting out. You never quite know what's going to happen once you finally get into fall camp, guys showing up, not showing up, etc. And it's ex- and it's an exciting time at the same time because football is on its way. We're 22 days away We'll talk about Ammon Hanneman here in just a little bit. But on the other side of this break, we'll catch up with Eric Mateos, BYU's offensive line coach. Always a good interview, always insightful, and just a fun guy to talk to. He's a guy I want to go play golf with, plain and simple, and I'm hoping to do that at some point. We'll see if we can find time to do it because he just sounds like a fun dude to hang out with. But before we get to that interview, a reminder for you guys that the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast is available now on the Locked On Podcast Network. Fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer, the host of Locked On Fantasy Football. He gives you the edge with over 20 years of covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same podcast as everyone else, then you will be the same as them. Get the edge from Vinny. They'll put you over the top on draft day and keep you ahead all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football is available on your favorite podcast provider. More in a moment. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. Going to catch up with Eric Mateos now, BYU offensive line coach, and always an insightful interview. Had some great thoughts on guys like James Empey during our interview on uh, Monday. Also had some great thoughts on just adjusting to life in Provo. He really likes it here, I can tell you that much. So without further ado, let's get to it. This is Eric Mateos, BYU offensive line coach, with me, Jake Hatch, right here on Locked On Cougars. The first couple of days when they are in just the helmets, is it almost like, okay, we're almost just passing on today when you need to wait till you actually have pads No, on. no, it's a big emphasis. Um, things I always say to them on the first two days of practice is master technique mm-hmm. and be obnoxious with communication. Okay. So that's really the focus on the first two days. We're not trying to hurt our teammates. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to bang shoulders. But technique is still the most important thing in those days. Hand placement and protection, hand strikes, eye discipline. Mm-hmm. All Those are all things that you can work on without shoulder pads and they're valuable days and and we used them and we used them well we did we I mean we didn't we didn't go out there and brother-in-law anybody and that was good to see Kalani talked about the PRP the player run practices being in his mind better than they ever have been this past year what do the offensive linemen in particular learn from those well, we have some ways because we can't be out there yeah, coaching yeah. them. Yeah. And so we have some ways to kind of to set them up for success. For example, something that uh, we did for the linemen is we set up a – we had a bunch of fronts painted on the field okay. where nobody's out there telling them what to run or, or, or what front mm-hmm. to be in. But they can – they have those those letters painted on the ground and they can run through assignments and calls. And, and they did some um, – they did some blitz pickup stuff on their own. With with the running backs and those are things that they worked on. So you know, and then a lot of it I don't even know because a lot of it they decide what they want to yeah. do, and that's part of the culture of this team is that they take control and they run it, and they did a pretty good job. But from what I understand, I mean we're not allowed to watch them, so the feedback you get is really all you have to go off of. And from my understanding, they went well. 
Coach Grimes talked about on Friday. He wants this this offensive line to be. He wants the toughness level to be the kind of their calling card in a way. But he also said it was one of the deepest he's ever had. And he didn't qualify that saying at BYU or he said it's just the deepest he's ever had. Would you kind of go with both of those statements? Yeah. Well, I think what he means when he says it's the deepest he's ever had is that we have the most potential starters. Okay. You know, I think that's really what he's referring to. Is typically even on big time college football, you're just trying to find five guys that can win games and you might have a sixth guy fighting his butt off to get in there but uh, here we got about eight nine guys that are fighting for starting jobs and I think that's what he's referring to is that we have a lot of competition we have a lot of capable people and then um, as far as toughness I mean ask ask all whatever it is 130 D1 football coach O-line coaches <laughs> what they want their O-line to be they're going to tell you they want to be tough so I don't know I mean that's it's uh, it's cliche but it's real yeah so I don't know. Yeah, sure. It's it's real. It's true. That's what we'll go with, right? Yeah, I mean it is. It's you know I just I don't walk around and just like you know fake punch them and say be tough. You know, you know that is that's the basis of our that's the foundation of everything we do. So hopefully we get to that level. James Empey's a guy I think a lot of people are excited to see what he can do in his second year as a starter here. What have you seen from him so far in camp? Yeah, very smart, uh, quick feet. Super quick processor of defenses. Um, de- uh, pretty pretty above average verbal co- communication. Needs to improve nonverbal communication. Uh, needs to improve his power and using uh, getting all his cleats in the ground and using his, his hips to move people. He's a good puller. Um, so he's got some good and some bad. And he's a fun guy to coach. Kind of similar question to Tristan Hodge. Uh, he's a guy that, in terms of just interview, he's he's about as engaging as I've found on this program. What's he like when he's in the meeting room with his with his teammates? He's the same. Okay. I mean, he's not fake in any way. He's got the same energy. But, you know, he also understands, like, when we're in meetings, it's business time. Yeah. And... I'm kind of the ringleader, and when I give them kind of the okay to joke, they joke. And, you know, we got a couple guys that will get brave and, and pull a joke out, and that's okay, too. I'm not, I'm not, a no, I'm not the fun police. But uh, they know when we're in that meeting room, we're, you know, we only have a limited amount of time to get stuff done, and we got a lot of work to do, and most of our guys are 100% locked in, and he's one of them. That right tackle position seems to be the one that's really got the biggest battle going on. Can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, that and left guard. Um, right tackle, Chandon, Her- uh, Herring, and then Harris Lachance are competing at that spot. And at left guard, you have um, uh, Keanu Salipaga and Kiefer Longson and Thomas Schof competing for that. And so those all, all those guys are competing for two spots so whatever that is that's five guys competing for two starting jobs and to be honest with you Thomas Schof is playing really good at left tackle so it's, Brady doesn't really have an opportunity to take a breath right now because Thomas is playing really well at left tackle so it's going really well You've got some pretty tall guys on this offensive line. Harris, 6'8". Stupid tall. Stupid tall. (laughs) Do you have an ideal height as an offensive lineman you'd prefer? Do you care? I don't know. It's it's so much about length, though. Okay. You know, because if you got a 6'6 guy that has short arms, Mm -hmm. then what good is being 6'6", you know? One of my favorite guys I ever coached is a guy named Dan Skipper. I think he's starting left tackle right now for the Patriots. Dan's 6'10". Okay. But Dan also has, I think, 33 and a half inch arms, which 
which is very short for a tackle. Yeah. So him being 6'10 virtually does nothing for him because he doesn't have the arm length that goes with it. So there's more than just being tall. You got to have arm length. You got to have, you know, you can't be a long torso 6'8. Yeah. You know, if you're a long torso and you got short legs, you can't cover ground like like a different 6'8 guy who's got long legs. So there's a lot more body makeup things that I look at more than just like a, you know, and that's a, I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but that's the common mistake that a lot of common people that aren't really in the 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 grit the grittiness of it really know it's like just because a guy's six seven doesn't make him he's a tackle you know he might like Kiefer Longson he's got probably the shortest legs of any six seven guy in the country you know so it's just that's just it's all about body makeup you're looking more wingspan and that type not of stuff. wingspan okay arm length it's just you want just because because well, I have a I have a great wingspan because yeah. I wear a size fifty six jacket okay. I have monster <laughs> right. shoulders so yeah. my wingspan's awesome but yeah, I'm six one and a half okay so it's 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 purely arm length from the tip of the delt yep. to the fingertip that's okay. what you know we go off we do it the same way the nfl does okay last thing for me is your recent transplant to utah you've settled in a little bit here what's been the best thing about utah you've, you've discovered so far the best thing about utah it's a very clean air it's okay. a very it's not like a you know when i lived in louisiana yeah, the humidity plus the, plus the gas from the Exxon plant that would seep in every now and then, plus the 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 muck from the swamp was was blow in every few days. And so when you're out here in Utah, the air is unbelievable. Uh, nice thing is I get to use the elevation as an excuse for when I'm breathing heavy I going like up it. the stairs. Yeah. I don't know how much longer I can use that excuse, but uh, I do it. use it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's elevation, sorry. So that's probably the coolest part. And it's just the people are great. Okay. People are so nice here. And the weather's pretty cool, too. I dig it. You, you prefer this over the humidity of Louisiana, probably. You know, I don't or really you care. I don't really care. Okay. I'm low maintenance. All right. You know, it's one of those deals where... You know, people complain about weather. I'm just like, whatever. As long as my house has got a roof, I got nothing to complain about. So, Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. I appreciate it. There you go. Eric Mateos, BYU offensive line coach, and he likes the air in Utah. And it's been hot. Uh, Monday, I was surprised BYU was out there. It was near 100 degrees. It was blazing. I played on the golf course yesterday in 100-degree heat, and it was no fun. I, I tell you that much. We, we struggled through that round, but... Man, is it hot outside. Hopefully it cools down over the next couple of weeks as we gear down towards fall and get ready for the football season. But great to hear from Eric Mateos. Uh, and like I said, he's a guy who's very insightful. Gave some great thoughts on what guys like James Empey, Brady Christensen, the uh, the position battles at left guard and also right tackle, how they kind of break down for him right now. And also some fantastic thoughts. You can be the tallest six seven guy in the world, but you have the shortest legs. It doesn't do you any good or arm length. It, it was... Very insightful and some great thoughts from Eric Mateos. And I want to thank him once again for taking the time. And I, I would encourage you guys, if you guys have people you want to hear from on the podcast in terms of interviews, etc., let me know. I'm not averse to taking your guys' thoughts and going out and getting those interviews, talking to people at practice. It's one of my favorite parts about doing what I do with this podcast is the ability to have these one-on-one conversations and catch up with BYU players and coaches and get their thoughts on how they're playing in fall camp. So we'll do more of that. We'll 
We'll be out at BYU Photo Day today, picking up some interviews, and of course, we'll play those throughout the rest of the week and on throughout fall camp as we get you ready for BYU football. Uh, before we take a break here, a reminder for you guys, the brand new Locked On NFL podcast is on fire. Last week was one of the most listened to NFL shows across the country. It includes the expert analysis of expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson and also host Brian Peacock is fantastic in his own right. Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL with Matt's unique takes on the game. Follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. More in a moment. This is Locked On Cougars. Locked on Cougars, a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. A reminder for you guys, this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, pretty much any podcast provider you can think of and or use. We are available there. We're also available on the Himalaya podcast app. So check us out. Please follow along and give us a good rating on and review. Those five-star reviews, particularly on Apple Podcasts, have been fantastic. We picked up a four or five in the past week, and I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast. Our download numbers have exploded this month. Not surprising with fall camp underway, but want to thank you guys for continuing to support this show each and every day as we are your daily podcast, all focused on BYU and very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. All right, as we close out today's edition of the podcast, a couple of things to recap for you. And today uh, we need, still need to get to our church and state player countdown series. So let's start off with that. Ammon Hanneman is a freshman uh, defensive back coming in from Lone Peak High School off of a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have the last name Hanneman. You've got a lot to live up to. He has two older brothers in Micah and Jacob who are members of the BYU football program. Of course, Jacob uh, left BYU before ever suiting up for BYU officially in a game. He's been playing in the minor leagues in baseball after a standout baseball career for BYU. It's really a standout season for BYU on the diamond, but he's making good money and he's been an impress. He's been a good part of the Chicago Cubs organization, the Seattle Mariners. I think he's now back with the Cubs, but we wish him nothing but the best. Micah Hanneman had a great run in a BYU uniform. I thought he was underrated for most of his career. He went on to play recently for the now defunct Salt Lake Stallions of the Alliance of American Football. Uh, hopefully he gets an opportunity maybe in the XFL to really show what he could do, but I thought he had some good showings in the now defunct AAF and here's hoping he can do more things. But Ammon Hanneman now comes in as a freshman. He probably is likely to redshirt this coming season, maybe see some action in up to four games as the new NCAA rules permit to get himself some game action coming off a mission, but likely will spend most of the year working to get his body back in shape. But like I said, if you have the last name Hanneman, great things are expected of you, and I have no doubt that Ammon Hanneman probably, well, probably, I'm expecting him to carry on the family legacy and be a standout player for B you on the gridiron down the road as his career unfolds for BYU. So today's Church and State Player Countdown Series profile, number 22, Ammon Hanneman, as we were just 22 days away from BYU in Utah, kicking off the 2019 college football season on August 29th. One other note for you before we go today is that BYU Women's Soccer opened up training camp in their own right yesterday down at Southfield in Provo. Jennifer Rockwood's squad had a fantastic bounce back year a year ago. They are not ranked in the top 25 nationally in the first poll that was released yesterday. I was kind of surprised to not see them 
uh, make that poll. But uh, the West Coast Conference, always stout competition. But I would expect that Jennifer Rockwood will have her team ready to go. And I'm expecting they're going to make another run at the NCAA tournament and hope to make it further than they did a year ago, getting bounced out early on in that tournament. They've made it as far as the Elite Eight in the past. And I know the, the goal for every team is a national championship. But Jennifer Rockwood, man, talk about steady Eddie production from her soccer programs year in and year out. They've done incredible work and best of luck to them as they begin training camp. They begin play actually. They have like their red and white scrimmage I think in like a week. It's coming up pretty quick. So uh, not red and white. Why am I say red and white? What am I doing? I just made a Utah reference, so I apologize for that. Blue and white scrimmage coming up in just over a week. I apologize that you guys can be offended at that. That was a bad reference on my part. Blue and white scrimmage for women's soccer coming up. And, of course, Greg Rubel, the great play-by-play voice, also calls women's soccer part of the BYU Sports Network, so stay tuned for that. They have another stout schedule this year, and best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood and her team as they prepare for their upcoming season. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Podcast. I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the show. Follow the show on social media at Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our Instagram uh, popularity in terms of followers, etc., has really taken off. We've started posting more regularly on that. So regularly on that. I want to thank you guys for supporting that. Also follow me at Jacob C. Hatch and if you'd like to weigh in just with your thoughts via email etc. You can email us LockedOnBYU at gmail.com Love to talk to you guys, get your thoughts etc. And of course any requests for interviews you'd like to hear over the coming days and weeks, let me know as well. We will talk to you guys tomorrow enjoy whatever's left of your Wednesday whenever you hear this and we will talk to you soon. This has been Locked On Cougars for August 7th 2019.